Welcome to Anything But Routine. Before we start the podcast, we want to tell you about the Just For Kicks Coaches and Studio Owners Conference. This conference is designed for coaches and studio owners to learn from industry experts. You can network with other coaches and much more. This conference is hosted by Cindy Clow herself. If you want more info, please email us at support at justforkicks.com. Now to the podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Cindy Clow, and I'm here with Sherea Goebel. And Sheree and I work together a lot. She teaches at our studio. She's one of our main teachers in Brainerd, Minnesota. And we do a lot of competing. And so we thought, what a great time of year to just talk all things competition. So we were trying to narrow it down to uh, things we could fit into a podcast because there's so much to say. But we wanted to just talk a little bit about prep and before you're going So one of the things I always talk to my teachers about is setting your kids up for success by getting ready early and not not being so stressed at the last moment. I think a lot of people do that. And you probably have heard me say that a lot, that Mm -hmm. like push early on and and coast into the event rather than be so stressed out. So what is this your second? Is this your third year? No, third year. Second. Second here, but you coached in an before in other towns. Yes, yes, yes. So what would you say with prep is some of your biggest hurdles or most important things to think about? Um, I think something really important is getting the routine done early. So making sure you count back from when you have to perform and making sure I actually learned this from you, um, making sure that you have like two or even three weeks for sure before you have to compete that dance. So it's like good in their brain and for kids who are missing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause um, you have a lot of absences. And then if you get it done at the last minute, it's so stressful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, I think having a good expectation for your class, like instead of thinking, Oh, they can't do this. Be like, I know you can do this. So I always drill, like as I'm teaching, I drill it. So it is easier for them when you go back kind of thing. So it just makes them know it really, really good right away so they can feel confident in the routine. I agree with that. And and I also think if you're going to add something major into the routine, like I coach high school as well as studio. So there's two different realms here, but like, for instance, my high school team put left turns in this year. And when I first said it, they were like, what? No way. You know, but F and we were horrible at first, but Mm -hmm. if you give it time, it's going to get there. So sometimes it's that, how much time do you give it before you pull it? And sometimes, you know, you just have to give it time. But also with prep, I think communication is huge with your parents and with the kids. The more detail you can give them, the better. So they know what to expect that day. And I learned from a good friend that, you know, if like you have kids, if you have kids competing in multiple events, or if it's for high school and they're in jazz and kick or palm or hip hop, you need to have a schedule of the day. So they know, okay, here's when we drive there. We need to be arriving at this time. And I have it down so much when you can go buy t-shirts, when, you know, when you can, how, when you eat a snack before you compete, because oftentimes that nutrition piece gets missed with our competitors because they're so worried and they forget and they forget to drink water. And pretty soon they have a headache, you know? So that's we always think about too, um, the 
the little details that everyone's going to ask, what door do I need to go in? Where's our meeting location? Where's the closest bathroom? So just making sure that you are super prepared going into the competition, knowing that stuff and communicating it. We have like separate band groups that we give our information to each different class. So they're really, really like we really try to over communicate so they feel prepared. And it's going to save you too. You don't get, since I started doing the daily schedule breakdown, I get asked far, far fewer, you know, fewer questions by far because they just learn to read that. So that is great too. Even what they should wear, what they should pack, what they should bring. And I agree with the doors and all that. I know some studios who make videos for their people before the first competition for those rookie parents, you know, what to expect with competition. So now let's talk about us as coaches, teachers, directors, what to wear. And somebody just asked this on my Facebook group the other day, what do you wear to competition? And I kind of thought I vary by what I, what mood I'm in, but I know for sure you're running around a lot. So you need to be comfortable. And I, you know, I just think that's one of the biggest things. It's, it's kind of neat if your studio can all wear something that matches that has your name of your studio on the back. Cause it's great advertising and if you wear, you know, really comfy tennies or, you know, cute, but comfortable shoes. So you look put together, but at least you are comfortable. Mm-hmm. So something we started doing that you might want to think about is we have a studio bag. Well, we coach in Brainerd, so we call it the Brainerd bag. And it's it's just a duffel and it has everything in it. And we use it. I swear we have the same bag for 10 years and you just change out things. But we have things in it like tights, hairspray lipstick, Q-tips, alcohol, you know, to clean lipstick and a little sewing kit, a little sewing kit. Yeah. And pins and, you know, personal things that the girls might need, um, band-aids, ace wraps, all that stuff, hairspray, gel, all in one bag. You never take it out and you just haul it with every time. And then you are more prepared. It just saves your life. And we have it in a little roller one now that it just makes it way easier. So, now let's talk in just a little bit about um, way to set yourself up for success. One thing I think about is if you're going to compete, you need to mentally prep for that at the practice. So I always tell my kids, pretend you're competing. We we imagine that we're there so that when we get there, we've already been there. And we set it up at practice that, you know, you really got to watch being the type of studio that the day of starts going, oh, we need to be tighter. We need to smile more. No, that's not going to help. Anything said that day, it's got to be on autopilot. So when they get there, they know what they're doing. So really create some pressure situations ahead of time. Some things I could think about is maybe having, um, a parent night where everyone comes in or a night where maybe the older kids watch the younger kids, you're doing your solos here and there for other classes. So they get to prep, they get to practice in front of an audience and get nervous. I know like my high school team practices at our studio once a week during the regular season. And we always invite anybody who's there to come in and watch when they do a full run, because we want them to get nervous. We want them to have to push and kids push way harder. Something else I do a lot is half sides because they push harder when the other kids are watching than when they're doing it by themselves. Another good thing to do to prepare, this is more for younger kids, but if you can find like a photo of the venue where you're going to be, 
just so they can like visualize okay so like if i'm in a gym for example i'm gonna i'm gonna come in this way i'm gonna go out that way and we actually practice that in our studio so we'll practice walking from this corner and leaving on that corner just so they really feel really really prepared and that's one less thing they have to worry about and i like that you do that that's really neat and i also think it's important for them to go this is the front so they don't get confused like so you'll come in from over there because some kids get all turned around when it's the the a different venue. So that is really smart to practice that. And for you too, you know, so that you don't get there and freak out. So mm-hmm. um, I just had something on the top of my head and it left me. So let me think for a second. So one thing I like to do when I'm going to compete is sometimes do two or three in a row of competition so that we get done on, you know, the first weekend of the month and then we go back at it and what can we do to fix what we already, what, what the judges saw, what can we, how do we fix what they saw, take their feedback, incorporate it and try to get better. And also take the feedback uh, that you've seen and use video, show your class video, because once they see their video, they can understand more. I try to always be positive with my kids. I, you know, I never yell at them. I'm tough, but it's always positive. And, you know, they want to be good. I firmly believe kids want to be good. So you don't need to yell at them. You, you just don't need to. You, you try to promote excellence and try to get them to want to be good. So I think that's another good reason why competing is so important is because they have that like that drive of like, okay, we have to get ready for this time. I have to be prepared. I can't let my team down. So competing is just so good for um, that like mindset of like, okay, we have something to work forward towards and then you get your feedback and you make it better. And I just think it's such a great thing for the kids to be doing. It is. And if you never did that, it'd be like a basketball player, never having a game, you know, never having a game. And, and they, what would they, you know, why would they want to get good at shooting baskets if they didn't have a game? So I think it does push them. And it also, when they achieve, sometimes it rewards them. Not always, because sometimes you feel like you didn't land where you should have. And, you know, that's something else to communicate to kids is judging can be very fickle. Judging is not always 100%. It's, it's human error. So I think going in, you really have to communicate that with kids too, and parents is that you can't, you know, your life is not going to end because we didn't get the place we thought we deserve. And, and also we're not rational for a full week after we compete. I don't feel, I, I feel that you just have to step back from it, you know, especially when you're in a high level competition where you've been really preparing for it. So you do need to realize that, that you have to be good sports. And I think that's something to talk about with your kids too, is how to be a good sport. Mm -hmm. We make sure to always say, okay, make sure you go say good job to other teams, like really have that, um, like good sportsmanship of like, yes, you may have placed higher, but you're still going to recognize like who was in your division and who you're competing against and just making sure you're saying good job to everybody. And sometimes I'll say to them, okay, do you know, name a couple current stars right now. Let me, okay. I'm trying to think, okay, let's, let's go from my era or even before my area, let's say it's the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. If one place first and one place second, they're both. I mean, how do you compare the Beatles to the Rolling Stones? Or how do you compare, you know, any star, you know, like Beyonce to Lizzo? They're both very different and they're mm-hmm. both very good. 
but they both couldn't win if they were competing against each other. And I think that's a good way to explain it to kids is it's not always going to come out in your, and you need to talk about that ahead of time so that you don't, you know, fall apart on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I, I even think with solos, one thing that we've had happen, I'm sure it's happened to everybody. We have had kids place higher than kids. We know the other dancer is, is a better dancer all around than the kid who, the, than the student who won. So, but you know, that's good for them too. And it, it, that maybe the judges saw something that we didn't see. And the other thing is when you're watching 500 solos a day, I doubt you'd get it perfect either as a, as a judge I've judged. And I know that's not easy either. So, um, something to talk about with mental prep, I'm skipping around a lot, but you reminded me that, you know, the littler kids get really nervous. And I remember the very first time I brought some of my really little ones to competition. One of them was like, where's the judges? And I go, well, they're right there. And she goes, I don't see any judges. And she was picturing like the hair that they wear in England for the parliament and the gavel. And that's what she thought the judges were going to look like. Cause she goes, I don't see anyone with robes in that hair. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, so you got to explain that the judge is just a person that's, that's good at feedback, you know, at feedback for dancing. So that was good. Well, anything else with competing? Um, Oh, I I guess I could talk about a whole another part of it. Like, so say, when you look at your judging sheet, it's so many different categories. You need to learn to read a judging sheet and see where you need to imp- improve and where you sh- need to just leave it alone. Like I'll talk high school dance again. I'm ours is b- broken down into like choreography, difficulty, formations and transitions. And then it'll be um, skills, you know, whether it's turn technique or leaps and jumps. So once you get your score sheet back, you need to look at it and go, okay, and see if you agree with the assessment from the judge. Is there, is that where we need to amp it up and clean it up? You also can show the picture, like I call them truth pictures for synchronization and don't underestimate um, basic cleaning of the dance. Cause some of us are doing so many tricks and skills, but the dance has to be together. It has to be in sync and it has to you know, it has to have that, that the, the precision component in it. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think along with that, making sure that you're not afraid, yeah, to change stuff. If, if it's not working on the score sheet multiple times and do something to make it better. Um, I was going through our soloists um, score sheets from this weekend and some of them were like, use the floor more. So that's like good feedback for them to start, you know, thinking about, okay, this is how I can amp up my routine a little bit. I always tell my kids feedback is the breakfast of champions. You need to eat it up. So, you know, go back to the kids with the feedback and help them get better. Well, I hope this helped you a little bit. It's just a short, quick, let's get competitive and hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Sharia. Thanks for listening to Anything But Routine. If you like the podcast, subscribe and give us a rating. We'll see you next time.